20 minutes it is after 7 p.m. We go straight into uh, the latest coming out of the markets and uh, joining me on the line to take a look at uh, the latest in the world of business is uh, Snesipo Maninjwa, independent market commentator, analyst and CA. Snesipo, good evening to you. Welcome. Uh, and uh, I hope we speak to you now from South A. Yes. Oh, you're Hi, back. Welcome. You are back. I'm all back. right, all right, all right. I came back into the dark. Let me just put it out. I came back to the dark. Hey, man, you could have... You, you, well, it's okay. I mean, I think... <laughs> <Kalas Baning. laughs> I, was, I nearly said something else, but that is Kalas Baning. Snezibo, the place you left uh, a few days ago, uh, seemingly finding itself in the throes of a currency crisis. What's happening to the pound sterling? Getting a pounding, it seems. Okay, so... So this is not one of the things we discussed, but I just I, I've been watching all of this unravel. So um, I was in the UK uh, when um, Liz Truss obviously got um, appointed as the new prime minister of this yes of of uh, getting new, appointed as the new prime minister. And what part of her campaign promises were based on um, basically free a trickle down economics. Uh, from the 1980s, the mm. plan was literally a copied paste of Ronald Reagan era and Margaret Thatcher. And Margaret Thatcher mm. of um, lower taxes, and then growth will just happen automatically. And the capping of the gas prices, which I agreed with, mm. but that cap is only for six months, and the lowering of taxes. Now, unfortunately, the Bank of England. So. The Bank of England, has, of course, has, so she announced the budget last week, I think, Thursday, Friday. And as expected, as expected, uh, the tax cuts were announced. Um, There's quite a nice, generous tax cut, um, decreasing the marginal tax, the maximum tax rate to 40%, I think. Um, and as expected, the markets have not liked it, of course, because it's also in contrarian to the Bank of England's policy, which has been trying to contain inflation. Mm. And the containing inflation, it would have helped with the uh, capping of energy prices, as well as the raising of interest rates. That would have helped. And that was that there's a contrarian policy between the Bank of England's stance, which is raising interest rate, controlling inflation, and then you are putting in an inflation kicker, which is increasing wages. Now, like, like I told you, what we see in the UK versus um, what's actually happening on the ground, people are really genuinely struggle. And the era of trickle-down economics has been proven in multiple jurisdictions that it does not work. You need to increase, in times of crisis, you need to increase your societal mm. net, societal net, and show consumers to there's a the um, energy prices um, and stabilize and normalize. Yeah. That's, what, that's what ordinary economics told us. It seems, so Sipo, I mean, just, just on that score, I mean, even those in the money markets who are not probably the most progressive of types uh, whenever a crisis uh, comes around, um, are also asking themselves some questions here. I mean, let, let me just maybe read for the benefit of our listeners a quick quote here, quoted in The Guardian. Um, about nearly an hour ago, Chief Investment Strategist at Edison Group, Alistair George, said the pro-cyclical mini-budget is seen as counterintuitive to international investors in the UK who must be wondering if politicians understand the ramifications of policies which have triggered a meaningful sterling crisis. Um, I mean, 
what was the game here? And uh, one person who might be looking at this uh, rather interestingly is Rishi Sunak, who was, um, I guess, uh, in the running alongside Liz Trust to uh, head the Tories uh, and, uh, I guess, get the top spot out at number 10. Yes. So um, there's a bit of, so unfortunately, he, he predicted this. He says, this is what's going to happen. But um, so there was an interview I, I watched that she was being interviewed when she, after the funeral, she went to the U.S., to the U.N. And there was a, there was a, there was an interview I watched. And a journalist asked her, ma'am, this, your policy that you, you ran on has been proven not to work. Mm. And she said, no. You need to get money into the hands of consumers to, to enable jobs and growth. And this has proven not to work. It widens inequality and it increases interest. It increases inflation, which then will require, require a further increase in your interest rates. And there's, um, so I was chatting to a few strategists because um, I was visiting a few fund managers in terms of what they thought about the policy there. And a lot of them have um, were remarking that that it's going to bring. They were predicting the in, the, in, the the currency situation, and that it eventually will. There's been since Brexit, there's been quite a bit of a decline in demand for pounds as people have moved to investors have moved to more um, other currencies, and um, there's also real. There's been um, a shift decrease in investment products specifically that are denominated in pounds and is in just raised in just other currencies. And they were talking about Liz and her thinking and they were like and I think they echoed what you were reading, which is I don't think politicians understand the ramifications of their decisions. Now part of uh, one of the one of the biggest uh, discussion points they were discussing is specifically in, in British media and I'm talking about news radio. They were talking about thought of reversing Brexit because mm. that is an option that they're not actually no politician in the UK has said is it guys our economy is not growing we need to do the one thing that it's um, they call it um, the elephant in the room and and I can tell you now Brexit so in terms of supply chains within the UK um Brexit had a bigger impact than COVID did. Mm, mm. And the impact of Brexit are still coming in. Number two, if you go to restaurants in the UK, they are all understaffed. Heathrow is understaffed. There's not enough cab drivers in the UK. And the trickle-down economics that Liz has proposed is not going to work. It might, even, it might even potentially make that crisis a lot worse. But Snezibar, I want us to shift slightly away from the United Kingdom and head out to one of ESCOM's older power stations, uh, which uh, yeah might be the site of something very interesting here or maybe, I guess, a lot of blue sky thinking, uh, if you ask some. And that is the Komati power station, which in October will um, be uh, decommissioned uh, and uh, also will be followed by Henrina Camden, Groot Flay, uh, not the first time this particular power station is being uh, put to bed. It was mothballed at some stage, I understand, in the late 80s, early 90s, and uh, then with the return to service program in the 2000s, was brought back into service. And uh, yeah, by power station, is this happening for the last time, or am I going to come back into play again? I think it's happening for the last time. Uh, 
The station had been operating since 19, it was opened in 1961. The year is 2022. I think it's, I think it's a bridge to the lifestyle and um, life cycle um, right now. And my biggest concern is just energy transition. So mm. I was seeing the plans for, they were talking about they're going to have solar, a solar pond and a wind farm. My question is that those two energy sources, besides not producing the significant the generation that Komati was producing from just a pure megawatts to megawatts, they also don't absorb all the fog who and the entire value chain. And that's also my my biggest concern is as one is I'm a believer in just energy transition, but mm. but we need to consider our social economic dynamics with a high unemployment. So you are now increasing unemployment. I'm not saying don't mark for because it, it is at the end of the but we need to think of how do we reintroduce um, labor that was lost because one thing that has never gotten right is once in particular industries in decline into moving workers from one skill to another. It's, it's something our economy has never been able to do. Mm, mm. And with these and with this just energy transition and the shutting down, I, I particularly worry about the entire um, ecosystem of a power plant. And people don't seem to understand that the coal power stations are obviously coal producers. They're printing money now, but they won't print money forever. They're printing money now, but they won't print money forever. And then how do you, there's a logistics, there's an entire ecosystem and a town that's built on these power stations. So I, I worry about that aspect. They're going to just have demo sites for, you know, microgrids, the solar and wind and uh, even a technology all of those training. Things might, you know, I mean, all, of, all, of, all of those things are not sustainable. All of those things. Because remember, with e-renewable energy, the peak employment numbers are peak during construction. Yeah, during the build process, yeah. Yeah. During the bulk process, then how do you reintegrate these people who were doing one thing to another thing? And and also for me, um, I'm curious to see how the consultation process was. Um, like I said, I think coal plants should be repackaged to gas, but where do we get the gas? In so many things to consider. So many. Um, I don't have the solutions, but I it's just a considerations in terms of how do we do this in a, in a way that does not further increase the inequality gap in our country. Mm, mm. Hey, I mean, it was only watch how, how this unfolds, this Nisipo, but uh, it certainly does, I guess, you know, give some signals about um, some of the tensions that this just transition will be fought over. Talking about, um, you know, ESCOM, I guess, you know, ESCOM and Tiger Brands share something similar, which is, you know, they're spending ton loads uh, of money on diesel. Uh, talk to me about this trading update that came through from uh, Tiger Brands, uh, gave, giving some signals here on uh, some of the costs associated with the uh, precautionary recall of baby powder, impact of load shedding on their operations, impact of the riots. and uh, But they're still saying, expecting their earnings per share to be anywhere between 35 and 45% higher than what they reported for the full year 2021. Yes, um yeah, so there were okay. So, um, so number one, the reasons why there's been a difference in profits year on year is because there were adjustments that were done in the financials last year as it relates to the July 2021 buy. Number one, so there were quite a few once-off um, costs last year. 
this year, um, this year, this year, what's helped them is um, adding increasing demand. But also, my only issue with Tiger Brands is um, is obviously the recalls. The recalls that that they've been the baby powder. Yes. The, I still haven't forgiven Listeroy. Listeroy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never forgiven Listeroy. Let's be honest. I'll never like forgive Listeroy, and um, it, 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 for me, I think that's what my my full worry. I think that until yeah, and we don't even know what's going on with the baby powder yet, and how many poor black people who use baby powder actually all babies. Mm. What have been the ramifications for them? It's it's pretty much like the the case that the mines had, where justice is only achieved twenty three years later. Meanwhile, someone has been suffering from uh, side effects. So I think the shares did turn on the trading update. They turned about twelve point eight percent as a result of the the positive trading um, update in the morning. They did pull back though later on in the afternoon. When I was checking, but it was a positive day for results. But, yeah, that's my thought on Tiger Yeah, and then, I mean, just, just there's another element, Nessie, but I want us to just briefly discuss. I mean, um, they came out saying, look, they expect the, um, you know, um, I guess input inflation to come out quite strongly. Um, and they say, you know, basket inflation was around 3% for the six months ending 31 March um, through to this year and about 15% for the subsequent five months through to the end of August. Um, what, what in that moment might have accounted for this? I mean, be it in their snacks or treats business, in their wheat-based products, um, you know, even in any of the other product types that they sell? Petrol. Uh, petrol. So remember, once you have a price and energy um, price increase, it, it, it sort of, it has a ripple effect throughout your entire business. And if you think of the fact that they're a primary producer, they're a primary producer, and um, you'd probably find that they were not able to pass on almost all the costs to the retailers as much as they would have been able to because they've been tightly squeezed as well. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a situation there. And they did, I think they, did manage, they have managed costs as well as can be expected. Eesh. Talking about fuel, Ingatako fuel up for the airports or any of the airlines that might want to refuel there. What's happening there? Uh, they have a jet fuel shortage, but it's been it's been long time coming. What um, is a jet fuel? Maskala, we know jet fuel. So jet fuel for those of people who know, you know, you've got petroleum products. So jet fuel is a specific um, aviation type fuel, and it's for uh, use in aircraft. That's what you're doing. Mm. So, yeah. So, you petrol of the oil. Yeah. yeah. Could we find a paraffin, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, maybe people... I don't know either. Yeah, I'm they like sure. to... You know, you know the, what the American name is for paraffin? What is the American Kerosene. name? Kerosene. Sure, I don't know. That's Kerosene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a... 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 You know? Oh my God, mm. those are so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> the things that amuse us. But on the real, um, the jet fuel um, shortage across all airports has been hovering, and mm. you're now entering peak summer season. Um, 
peak summer season where you've got a specific, a specific and the reason why they, they point at Cape Town is because the British are now going to start coming. Members of the EU, Northern Hemisphere, are not arriving in Cape Town. And they needed to warn airlines that they need to consider that they, 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 the, 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 the current storage capacity that they have mm. on week is not sufficient. Also, there was a delay in their shipment, which made things worse. But this has been coming, I think, for the past couple of months. I think it all tumbled at some point. Yes, it was also yeah. now. So it's not something new, but also because we're now all traveling, um, it, 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 it's important to warn the airlines and also they should start managing their logistics because it, it affects travelers. And mm. with the information and it, and it and it is and it is quite critical. Yeah, yeah. Look, so I mean, I guess some of these airlines. Like it's been a long time coming. So this is yes. we're losing you there for a second. Yes. You were saying that. Okay. It's been a long time coming, and I think it's one of those situations where if you miss your supply chain, any delay in um, supply mm. movement mm. will result in have an immediate impact on your capacity. And like I said, we are entering peak travel season yes. and specifically on long haul flights from Cape Town to the rest of the world is is, is, is coming through. So it, yeah, it is one of those situations. Yeah, and I guess more and more of these um, airlines might have to do what they do. Good to be airline class flyers, CM Tat, because there's no refueling capability. Refueled. So that uh, you drop the people there and you fly back. So, uh, and it seems that that might be the situation uh, for many of these. And uh, we know when there was an issue in Joburg, many uh, had to reroute through Durban and uh, uh, through Vintuk as well. So uh, certainly a bit of trouble there. But just as we wrap up, Snesipo, interesting story coming out of uh, the continent's most populous nation, Nigeria. Uh, and uh, it seems they are now introducing pension-backed housing loans. What's happening here? Um, so just just um, just an FYI on the Nigerian um, financial system, they do not have a well-developed mortgage uh, mortgage um, market, and as a result, you'll find that the idea of being able to buy a house every twenty years is the rarity in the market, and as one of the introductions to incentives to increase house home ownership is to securitize it, which is why people are looking at the pension being your most likely choice. And it's typically saying people who work for five years or more and have contributed uh, can use, allocate some of those, that savings pockets to um, to an asset, which is being a home. Um, it, 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 it is to help with the development of the mortgage market and to solve the funding gap because you can't extend tenure without security, and the easiest security is cash money, and your pension provides that level of um, comfort to banks in order to extend facilities for 20 years. Because I can take a, take, take a view, the and it is, I think, a very good um, introduction, um, introduction because it is a way to increase home ownership, um, home ownership in um, in their specific market but also addressing some of the challenges and it comes with the lack of security mm. because if you don't have a well-developed mortgage market, it means that the sales process is longer. Yeah, I mean, I remember somebody saying in Nigeria that like you, you need gang savings to buy a house uh, yes, because firstly the house prices are so high, but also the second thing is that you can't like get a 20-year mortgage. The most, the, maybe the best you can get is say maybe a four-year loan, not even like the type of five-year loan you get for a car here. 
Okay. So, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no. I was, I was agreeing with you. Um, agreeing with you, and um, it is. It's, it's, it's a very interesting way. We're also introducing a way to access pension fund, but that's for a different reason. Yes, yes, yes. No, for sure. I mean, I think uh, this looks more like what we've always had in South Africa: pension-backed housing loans, than it does like the two-pot system that people are talking about. We actually don't have pension-backed housing loans anymore. Yeah, they stopped them at some day, but I mean, they were quite the thing in, uh, you know, I remember late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, but yeah, it's a story for another day. And uh, maybe... Yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. About no, no, if I go to Twitter, I go to Twitter, one of the things, by the way, just as we wrap, uh, many workers were raising at the Kosato Congress today was that, you know, many of them are ostensibly owners of capital of Africa's largest, you know... Um, pension fund and effectively some of them barenda quit back rooms and all of that kind of thing and don't even have homes so yeah might be something to pick up there but uh, unfortunately we have run out of time we're gonna have to leave it there for tonight always a pleasure thank you very much always okay. bye sure 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 is it